0: A king, it happens over and over again, a king that does not honor God is a king that leads the nation astray. That's true with the president, that's true with the Congress, that's true with the king, that's true with any political structure when you have people in leadership positions that do not honor God, it leads the nation astray. Do not get upset that Israel decided that they no longer wanted God as their king, they wanted something else as their king Because we've done the same thing in our country.
1: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's Word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today.
0: Today, if you look at the cover of your bulletin, it's that period uh, where Israel wants a king. And I suppose the one thing you need to remember is that Israel reaches a point where they start to believe that God cannot save them. And so they substitute God for an earthly king. Can you believe that? And that is the period uh, that we're in today. The time period, if you look at your notes, is 1105 to 1050 B.C. So we're looking at roughly on the timeline We're still about a 1,000 years before the time of Christ. Today's message will cover the first 15 chapters of the book of 1 Samuel. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna share with you the four major points of those 15 chapters. And the first point is Samuel. Samuel is a prophet. Everyone say the word prophet. He's also the last of the judges. So he's that character in that transitional period in Israel's history between the judges and the kings he was born his mother's name was Hannah she is childless she's barren she cannot conceive and she wants to have a child so she goes to the place of worship and she begins to pray but she's not just saying a little tiny quiet prayer she is praying she's calling on God to give her a child and there's a priest named Eli who sees her. And Eli thinks this woman, because of the way she's praying, that she's had too much wine to drink. And so he comes over and he says, uh, he says Hannah, you got to stop drinking. And she goes, I'm not drinking. She goes, I, I want to have a child. And so Eli the priest begins to pray that God would help this woman have a child. And guess what happens? She gets pregnant. And after she got pregnant, you see, Hannah knew that her child was given to her from God. And so she names the baby Samuel, and she decides to dedicate him to the Lord. And I want you to read 1 Samuel 1, 22. Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. What? Do what seems best to you, her husband told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she weaned him, verse 24, and after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And when they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. That's the guy that prayed for Hannah to get pregnant. In verse 26, she said to the, the priest, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am that woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. And she said, I prayed for this child. And the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. And so now I, now watch this. She recognized that this child came from God. And now she says, so now I give him back to the Lord. And for his entire life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. It is... Possible to raise your child in the ways of the Lord. I want to tell you the Bible says in Proverbs 22 6 to train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And that's what Hannah did, and her baby Samuel became the leading prophet for the nation of Israel. The story of Samuel, number one. Number two in your outline, write this down. The Ark of the Covenant is stolen. First Samuel chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, I have here in my hand a copy of what the Ark of the Covenant looked like. The, it was a gold box, and inside is the gold jar, and you've got the Ten Commandments on two tablets. You can't put Ten Commandments on one tablet. You've got to have two tablets. i got both tablets. And uh, you've got Aaron's rod that budded. And this, i got a picture of what it looked like. This is kind of what it looked like. And this was what the Israelites kept inside the Holy of Holies. It represents the presence of God. And the Philistines stole it they've made all these movies the Raiders of the Lost Ark trying to find this thing it's on my desk they can come look at it it's right here I got it I'm not of my desk and when the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant they had a false temple called the Temple of Dagon and they took the Ark of the Covenant and they placed it inside the false temple, the temple of Dagon. Now, the temple of Dagon was built for the false god Dagon. I got a picture of what Dagon looks like. They've done archaeology work over there, and they have found these little statues all over the place. He was half man and half fish. So you've all all heard of a mermaid. They actually called him a merman. That's what they referred to him as and he was a god of fertility and so the Israelites went to battle with the Philistines the Philistines defeated the Israelites and they took the Ark of the Covenant the presence of God and they put it inside the temple of Dagon and then they put them up on a stand right next to the Ark of the Covenant and during the night they went home and they went to sleep And the next morning when they got back to the temple you won't believe what happened the next morning they get up and they go into the temple and dagon is off the stand and he's laying face down on the ground the other thing that happens is that all the philistines the people not just two all of them they break out in tumors all over their bodies and all these strange diseases and after about seven months it would have taken me about two days that guy falling over and the tumors they went they wait about seven months and about seven months later they go we got to give the ark of the covenant back to the Israelites but then they said we can't just give it back we stole it we got to give them a gift and so they got gold they got some gold and they made gold tumors five of them You say, preacher, you're making this up. Read your Bible. They had gold tumors, five of them, and then they took gold and they made five rats. And so they they take the Ark of the Covenant with the five gold tumors and the five gold rats and they give it back because they don't want to mess with the presence of God any longer. Number three in your notes, write this down. Israel asked for a human king. Israel asked for a human king. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 8. I want to read through this. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6. When they said, and don't forget they want to substitute God for an earthly king think about that and the earthly king i don't care who he is he puts his pants on one leg at a time and they want to get rid of god and they want to follow an earthly king and so verse six they said give us a king to lead us this displeased who samuel got upset with that why because samuel was a prophet he was a preacher he preached sermons And he knew that the people of Israel didn't need a human king. They needed to follow their heavenly king. And so the preacher, prophet Samuel, he's displeased. And so he prays to the Lord. And the Lord says back to Samuel in verse 7, Now, Samuel, I want you to listen. When these people ask you for a king, you listen to everything they say to you. And just remember this it's not you that they have rejected it's not your sermons that they have rejected it's not your message that they have rejected but they have rejected me as their what king and as they have done from the day i brought them up out of egypt you see i want you to see this is one long continuous story this is all just part of one story he says from the day i brought them up out of egypt until this day forsaking me and serving other gods. So they're doing to you. Verse 9. Now I want you to listen to them, but then after you listen to them, I want you to warn. Everyone say the word warn. I want you to warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them is going to do to them. Because this is what kings do. I'm going to read this real fast samuel told all the words of the lord to the people who were asking him for a king he said this is what the king who will reign over you will do he will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and his horses and they will run in front of his chariots verse 12 some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots and he will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. And your men servants and maid servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. And here it is in verse 17. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his Slaves. And when the day comes that you cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, and the Lord, I want you to know, you got to warn them. Tell them that the Lord will not answer you on that day. But look at the next verse. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, We want a king over us. And then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel heard all that the people said, he went back to God and reported that to the Lord. And verse 22 says that the Lord answered and said, Listen to them and give them a king. Israel looked around and saw all the other nations. They had kings. And so they decide without realizing the consequences, even after Samuel told them the consequences, they said, We want to have a king. Up to that point, God had been their king. That means no taxes. And yet they decide, little did they know, that God would actually grant their request. Now the question is this. Why is a king a bad idea? What, what's so wrong with that? The thing that's wrong with it is this, is that if you get a king who does not honor God, the king will lead the nation astray. Read your Bibles. A king, it happens over and over again, a king that does not honor God is a king that leads the nation astray. That's true with the president. That's true with the Congress. That's true with the king. That's true with any political structure. When you have people in leadership positions that do not honor God, it leads the nation astray. Do not get upset that Israel decided that they no longer wanted God as their king they wanted something else as their king because we've done the same thing in our country we've done the same thing so the question is this in your heart I'm talking about you 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 in your heart who's king right now is Jesus king or is the world king in your life which is it it's the battle of the ages And it's raging right now in the hearts of the people. Your heart and my heart and the heart of this nation. Who's king? Who's king? So number four, write this down. They want to have a king? Saul becomes the first king. On the outside, Saul, he looks like a king. He's tall. He's smart. He's creative. He stands head and shoulders above everybody else. He looks like a guy we could follow. But the problem is on the inside. He's disobedient. He has a hard time doing whatever God asks him to do. He just can't, he cannot follow God's instructions. He's also jealous. Anytime anyone else gets any kind of attention, he gets jealous over that. And then he's impatient. And what I mean by impatient, it just means that it goes back to really the first point there is that when God asks him to do something, he's got to do things his own way instead of God's way. And the fourth thing, he's prideful. He's 30 years old when he becomes the king of Israel and he reigns for 42 years. He's the first king and it's a failed experiment. Here's what finally does him in he's getting ready to go to battle. And Samuel, God's prophet, God had told Saul, before you go to battle, wait seven days. And at the end of the seven days, I'm going to have Samuel come, and Samuel's going to offer up some sacrifices unto God. And after Samuel offers up the sacrifices, God says, I will lead you into battle, and I guarantee you we will win the battle that day. Now, how, how difficult would that be for you to follow those instructions? Here's what Saul did. He waits the seven days, and it's getting towards the end of the seventh day, and Samuel is nowhere to be found. He's late. He's like a preacher. He's just a little late, okay? And he's wondering, where is, where is Samuel? Where is Samuel? And finally, Saul goes, you know what? I don't need Samuel. Samuel i'll do it myself i'll offer up these sacrifices and i will lead us into this battle and so even though he's not a priest even though it wasn't his job even though he was disobeying god's instructions saul decides that he's going to offer up the sacrifice and as soon as he's finished offering up the sacrifices and they're getting ready to lead the soldiers into battle he looks up and guess who walks into town samuel and Samuel says to Saul, Saul, what have you done? And Saul says, well, I was waiting on you. You didn't show up. And I was, you know, my soldiers were getting a little restless, and we've been waiting seven days. I just couldn't wait any longer. I, I, can, I, I can only wait so long. And, and so I went ahead and offered up the sacrifices myself. And Samuel says, you have done a very foolish thing. And because of what you have done today, God is going to remove you from the throne of Israel. It's time for another what? For another king. I want you to turn to the last chapter, 1 Samuel 15 of this period. Samuel is going to confront King Saul. And he says in verse 23... For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. And because you, Saul, have rejected the word of the Lord, he, God, has rejected you as king. Well, when Saul heard that, he knew that this was the end of his reign. Saul said to Samuel, I I have sinned. I have violated the Lord's command and your instructions. And just like a typical politician, he says, I was afraid of the people and so I gave in to them. I beg you to forgive me of my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. As Samuel turns to leave, Saul reaches out and grabs a hold of the hem of Samuel's robe. And the robe tears. You can hear the tearing of the material, that ripping sound. And Samuel turns back to Saul when he hears that noise. He says, Saul, did you hear that noise? The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. And who does he give the kingdom to? Who's the next person? Not just David. He gives it to the little shepherd boy named David. Just a little boy. And what is the lesson there? What is the lesson there? That God is not concerned about the outside of the man God's looking for someone and he searches the entire nation of Israel because if someone is going to lead his people it needs to be someone with a good heart a heart after God and Saul looked the part but didn't have the right heart and the only person he can find in the entire nation is a little tiny boy that no one even knows he's out in the the field And yet God sees that boy's heart and knows that that boy's got a heart for God. And God says, that's the man to lead Israel. And my question to you today is, what's going on in your heart today? What is going on in your heart today? Do you have, are you like Saul that you look the part, but on the inside your heart's not right? Or are you like David? No one really even knows who you are, but your heart, you have a heart that desires to honor God.
1: Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. Hello friends, my name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right, we're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m. and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th, at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.